You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life with the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shelley McAlpine. I am a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. One of the things I'm getting from this show is the pleasure of being a podcaster and interviewing all these amazing women is I'm really present to just how many black women are out there completely rocking it, completely taking themselves on. And this last past weekend, I had the pleasure of attending the Galvanized program, the Chicago, the first one in Chicago run by the United States of women. And in this conference, it was just so just full of women who were totally up for taking themselves on and taking themselves to the next level and really standing for having a life that worked for every woman and every in in our communities and really transforming some of the challenges that we're facing out there. I can't tell you how enlivening and motivating and just wonderful it was to be in that space. The speakers were rocking it completely and really inviting us to step it up and step forward if we are not willing to be at the table and we're not willing to do what it takes to be at the table and get a seat at the table and have our voice be heard what's the consequences of that and so it really made me really trust that this is exactly what I ought to be doing and I will just so enlivened and inspired by the women that I'm interviewing, the women that I'm meeting as a as a result of this journey that I'm on, this podcast journey for She's Got Drive, and I'm really excited about the the that I'm bringing um, more and more women to you each week. As the weeks go on, and as people are more and more people are tuning in. I'm getting having more conversations with people out there and the feedback is awesome and I'm, I'm, I I love that you're loving it so thank you for keep telling me keep reaching out keep telling me the impact that it's having and that you're taking yourself on with the things the 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 tools and the ideas that you're getting from the episodes that you're being inspired into action if you are getting as much as you are it would really help the podcast grow if you can rate and review the podcast in iTunes so head over to iTunes search for she's got drive and then um, there'll be an area to rate and review the show please do that and help help me grow the show so more and more people are listening more and more women are being inspired into action in this episode of she's got drive we have as someone that I met by chance, really, you know, wandering around a market um, in Chicago and they literally, her work stopped me in my tracks. And so, uh, you know, I recently approached her to see if she'd be willing to be interviewed. We have Teresa Wongia and she is such a phenomenal artist with a, an amazing story, a lovely story. And I'm sure, I'm certain that you will get a lot from this interview once again this week. My pleasure and my privilege to introduce you, Teresa. I am so looking forward to having a conversation with my guest today because I love her work. I wear her work. And 
every time I'm wearing her work, I get stopped all the time. I actually had her piece on on me. I was wearing it when I launched at the Apollo on Sunday. And a number of people were like, wow, where did you get that from? So um, all the time, all the time. So I'm excited to find out more about my guest today. And I'm excited to find more about how she came to be doing what she's doing. And it's Teresa Wangia. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. So let me let, let me tell um, our listeners something about you, and then we'll kind of get into like getting into the detail about what how you get to how you got to be so successful in in this field. So Teresa is a jewelry and leather accessories designer. Having apprenticed in London, she for five years. She returned home to start her own jewelry and leather accessories business. She works with various metals, which she, fa- which she hand forges and adorns with various chains, horn, bone, semi-precious stones and natural elements, including feathers from the Amazon. And she uses traditional methods used by tribal people from the Amazon, Kenya and Papua New Guinea. She says that she's inspired by Maasai beadwork and Native Americans and their use of colour and leather to make a bold tribal statement. Her German great-grandfather opened a cobbler shop in the US where he handmade moccasins for the Indians and Buffalo Bill travelled for miles just so that he could make his boots, which he ended up making 15 of them, apparently. Her grandmother was part Blackfoot Indian, And Teresa has always been inspired by Native American lifestyle and their philosophy of the land. This beautiful evolution of her jewellery can be traced back to Teresa's world travels, her multicultural heritage, her love of nature and a passionate appreciation for fashion and design. And when you see the intricate quality craftsmanship of her work, it really is no wonder that she has been recognized as one of the top three raw artists, accessory designers in the city of St. Louis and is a Phoenix Fashion Week 2015 alum. Her collections can be found in boutiques in St. Louis, in Chicago, Los Angeles and London. Welcome, Teresa, to the show. It is, uh, your work is so exquisite. I love wearing it. And when I, I literally, I remember when I came to, when I saw you in Randolph Street Market, I, it stopped me in my tracks when I came to to where you were. So I'm really excited to find out more about how you came to be you and doing what you're doing. What I do, I love talking about it. I love sharing it with people. And I love to hear that you love it and you get so many compliments because I do hear that quite often. So that always makes me feel like, okay, you know, I know I'm, I'm on the right path and just got to keep it up. Why don't we start by you describing just a little bit more about your work and how you got to develop this very unique style of jewelry design that you have? Well, like you said, it has a lot to do with my upbringing, my, my, my heritage, coming from mixed race background and just being exposed to so many different you know, beautiful things throughout my life, whether it's music, fashion. My mom always had a really beautiful home, nature. We did a lot of nature hikes when we were growing up. And, you know, I just reflect on all that stuff because I really appreciate it. And I do, I do, I do it with my kids and 
You know, I think it's important that we appreciate nature, respect it. And that that really, you know, kind of made me who I am as a person. And I was lucky enough to, to travel abroad, modeling, went to Milan and ended up living in London and in Greece. And that probably was the the push that I needed to stretch my wings and just learn about different cultures and how other ethnic groups, how they perceive beauty and how they portray it in, in their local crafts and mm-hmm. you know, all those things, the inquisitiveness that I have about human behavior and different groups of people in different places and wanted to combine all those things, you know, music, love of fashion, love of dance, love of nature, just a whole global appeal put it into my work. So I kind of, I like to say that I travel through my work. Mm, mm, That's amazing. How do you get to produce a piece? You know, how does it come from a thought to these beautiful, amazing pieces that you create? What I tend to do is I'll do some sketching. I will get inspired. I'll create a mood board. I'll pull from various tribal people from their jewelry, the colors, from nature. I'll kind of make a mood of that, of how I'm feeling at the moment. And I'll just add to that. I'll lay out my materials. I'll lay out the leather, the stones, the metal. It just sort of happens, you know. Um, Sometimes, a lot of times by accident, when I'm laying things out, when I'm working, don't really know quite where I'm going yet, something magical will happen through an accident, a lot of times, like I'll be working on something and I'll hold it up to look at it and I'll accidentally drop it or drop one side and it'll just sort of do its own thing. And, and I'll look and I've tried to take those, those little accidents and I've learned to, to appreciate them because a lot of my really cool ideas come from these accidents. Mm -hmm. Um, it's pretty amazing. Something will land the way it lands on my work table. You know, and I'll I'll look at it and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Right. I want to do that. Oh, that looks really good with that. That color and that color, I would have never thought about it. You know, I would probably never sketch that out or created that on my own. But the fact that they just sort of landed there and it's like, wow, it's a breakthrough. A lot, a lot of breakthroughs. And I've heard, I've talked to a lot of other artists and artists, artists of all types of artists and you know, that, that happens quite a lot to people. I think it's just part of being creative. So it's part of your, so your accidents are part of your creative process. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting because most of us shy away from those accidents that happen, you know, that we versus embracing it and seeing the opportunity Yes, like getting mad when the beads fall all over the place and you're like, oh, I was almost done with that. Now I've got to clean up the beads. And then when you get down, you're like, wait a minute, I like this. Right. This chaotic mess. This is, it landed, you know, it's really remarkable. That's, you know, I know that there's a, a higher power that's, you know, guiding my creativity because a lot of times it just doesn't come from a sketch or mood board you know and then how long have you been making your jewelry now how long has it been that you've been I started off making necklaces just for myself for photo shoots 
for styling jobs. Um, and I was just in Europe traveling around, getting really good feedback. It's just, it never occurred to me. I love fashion. I just adore it. I can't even explain why I love it so much. It's, it's just something, it's innate. It's within me, within my soul. My jewelry making journey, like I said, started off with just making jewelry for myself as a model because I wanted to wear pieces that I couldn't find. Not to say that it wasn't out there. It's just something in my mind that I wanted. And so, you know, the feedback that I was getting really sort of planted those seeds of, you know, this could be something one day. And then obviously I ended up working under a jewelry designer in London and fell in love with the stones there and then just started collecting things all throughout my travels. This was really like a, a spiritual journey for me, you know, traveling around, finding myself, collecting these things, still really not understanding why I was collecting them. Now looking back, it's like, okay, I was meant to be doing this because I collected these things. I didn't know that I was going to be using them. I didn't know that I was going to be using these amazing artifacts on my table to display them. It's just really been a really uh, magical, eye-opening journey for me. But as a business, I would say about five years, it's gotten more and more serious every year. But I've probably been doing it off and on for 10 I love the way that you speak about it being emergent and that it paralleled you finding yourself, you know, as you were picking up these stones as you went along. And then as you were discovering more about who you are, that led to this big self-expression um, of your own creativity and your work. I mean, it's hard to... Of course, I really want people to go to your site, um, BeltazarJewels.com, because it's really hard to imagine how unusual and how beautiful your pieces are until you can see them, you know, until you can really witness them and see them and see the intricacies and see the see where you're when you speak about the cultural influences, you can really see it in the work in the work they like they're like um it's jewelry and they're like pieces of art at the same time it's uh, i imagine i'm not the first person who said that to you well there's actually a interior designer um in chicago that recently did a something for soho house um, i i also met her at randolph street market she bought several pieces of my jewelry because she was going to do a whole loft style apartment. You know, everything was going to be for sale in it. And so she placed my jewelry strategically throughout this loft. And it sounded like a really cool concept. I really wanted to be able to see it, but I couldn't make it at the time. But she said it went really well. She sold, I want to say almost every piece that she, she bought, she sold during that event. You can hang it on the wall. You can, you know, you can, you can hang it anywhere. It's, it's, it's a piece of art. Yeah, it really is. You've been doing it for, as you said, for more seriously for the last five years, but it's been a 10 year journey to get to where you are now. I want us to look at the whole area of success and how you define success. So how would you define success in your work? I think loving what you do having a passion for it 
having integrity and giving back and, you know, the growth, the growth that's happened. Like every year, something really major happens. So I know I'm on the right track. That feels really successful for me. You know, that the feedback that I get, loving what I do. I've always wanted to love what I do. And I finally do. I really love what I do. And I, I, think, I believe it shows in my work because, you know, I put everything into it. My whole, vo- my whole voyage <laughs> is, is in my work. And, you know, I know that with all the great feedback, as long as I keep doing it, doing what I love, that I'll continue to grow. And like I said, every year is, has been very successful and more and more. And, you know, success sometimes is, is hard to define, to, to define, but I think it really boils down to do you love what you do? Does it speak about who you are? Are you inspiring others? Are you lifting people up? Are you giving back to the community? And are you growing? You know, I'm doing all those things. So I feel like I am, you know, definitely on the right track. Mm. There's more to come. That's that's wonderful. When you talk about your voyage, what what lessons are are you learning about yourself in this journey that you are on around with your work? I am learning to get out of my own way. You know, I talked to a lot of people that were where I was, where I was just, I had an idea. I had several ideas. I knew that I had it in me. I had great ideas, but I didn't follow through. I didn't set goals. It was all very heady. I didn't, I didn't write things down. I didn't set goals. And I, I, you know, I was really in my own way. I really was. Because I go back now and I find some of my notes and I'm, I don't even really remember writing all of that. But it's exactly what I'm doing. And that's, right. that's a great feeling when you're actually doing what you, what you wrote down. And I, I feel like just writing things down and setting those goals, even if they're small goals, you know, small goals and, and larger goals, just to put it out there. Set your goals and put them out there. Writing's good because you can go back to it. It's so critical. When I'm working, doing, my, doing the work that I want to do myself, envisioning my future, and also with working with others, that is a critical piece is actually writing it down that you speak about. And sometimes you, you don't even need to look at it. You write the vision for yourself. You don't have to keep tracking it in terms of like the detail of it. But as you're, you're right, so many times I've had that experience and my clients have had that experience and you go back to it a year later, two years later, three years later, and you look and think, that is totally what's happened in my life, you know? And it, even at the time when you're writing it, it felt, it felt like a, a leap at that, in that moment. But then you look back on it and there you are sitting in that space that you have created for yourself. So the difference between that and holding it in your head is immense. It's a big gap. Yes, you have to be intentional. You, know, you have to be intentional with what you want. Write it down, no matter how big your dream is, just with it. And if we look at um, your accomplishments to date in the journey that you're in the voyage that you're on, I love the term that you that you use there. What's the, what's been the biggest accomplishment to date for you? I have been really blessed 
to have met Fern Malice. She's the creator of New York Fashion Week. She has been wearing Belshazzar jewels, rocking them actually, all over the world. That has been really sort of pinch myself moments. Every time I see her on, you know, on Instagram, on, on social media, wearing my, it's like her daily staple. Like every day she has on Belshazzar jewels. She pops up all over the place with, you know, she interviews all the big designers. So she's, she's wearing Belshazzar jewels and she's interviewing Alexander Wang, you know, Donna Karen. Calvin Klein. I mean, the, the list just goes on and on and on. And I just like, wow, you know, for a malice fashion icon wearing Belshazzar jewels. Um, and she loves it. And that's what's so great about it. And she also said she gets compliments wherever she goes. And I was just in New York for New York Fashion Week, got to consult with her and she gave me some, introduced me to some really good clients. And so she's 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 the one to have on your side for sure. And that's been, you know, that's been a tremendous accomplishment, you know, just having her wearing my brand. Yeah, that's exciting. And did that just happen this year or was that something that That happened uh 2016. So for about a year, going on a year and a half, she's been wearing my jewelry. She 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 said it's her daily, it's her staple. She wears it almost every day. Wow. I can see why, because it is, everyone's going to be, got to go online and see these beautiful jewels because they are, and you can buy it online as well, can't you? You can, yes. you can buy off the site and, and the images, they're great. And it's not the same until you got it and you've got it on. I have to say it has a life force to it. I mean, I think you have to, I mean, people might not really fully appreciate jewelry people have different relationships to jewelry and stuff like that but for me I love jewelry I love big jewelry I love unique pieces and it has this kind of life force to it for me and that's one of the reasons why I love it and every piece is unique too so much so that there was one time I was wearing I talked about a piece that I'd bought off you and you couldn't remember the piece because there wasn't another one that was like it throughout my history of just networking and growing closer to my customers and meeting new customers all the time. The jewelry always seems to go where, where it's meant to go. I've had this amazing piece that I thought I would have sold like the very first moment I made it. Sometimes it'll, you know, it'll be on the table a while and that one person comes by and I'm like, well, that's why I didn't sell it because it was meant for her and it's perfect for her and she loves it. It looks amazing on her. You can hang it on the wall. You can you can hang it anywhere. It's it, it's it's a piece of art. Yeah, it really is. You know those moments. They really let me know that I'm you know I'm doing what I love and I'm and I'm doing it well. Yes, yes. Can we talk about a little bit about your bringing and your family a bit to see? I'm curious about where that the influence of your past, your family in creating who you are today and here you are with your own business and your own like a creative a strong creative process that you go through what's this you know what's the relationship to how you were brought up or your you know like I said I'm mixed race you know my 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 parent my mom is Caucasian my dad's African-American so it wasn't really that easy I don't I don't really have like 
a real six, big success story about my family. It's it's a DNA thing, really. It's it's just in me. I learned a lot from my parents. You know, they're just being with them as a child and listening to their music. And the music really shaped me. Just, you know, the lifestyle in the 70s and the freedom that it instilled in me. I'll never, ever, <laughs> that won't leave me. I was removed from my parent, my home. Uh, I was raised in the foster care system. As a, as a teenager, I lived in a boarding school because we, we went from foster homes to children's homes. Then I, you know, ended up in a boarding school. And that, that like, they gave me the structure that I needed to just be a better, better person. Mm. And by chance, I met someone on the board. I'd had my very first trunk show and I met someone on the board and they were doing, getting ready for, looking for ambassadors for Mary Grove, which is the boarding school that I lived in. And I overheard them because we were, we were having a drink and uh, she mentioned it. And I was like, what? She said Mary Grove. I was like, okay, I'm not going to even go there. And I was like, this is just too weird. I have to say something. And I was like, you know, I used to live there. And her jaw dropped because here we are. We just had this amazing trunk show. Now I'm telling them, hey, you know, I was one of those kids that you that you're fighting for. And so she's like, you know, I'm I'm going to turn in your. We we want you to be the ambassador for Mary Grove. And wow. I was like, wow, that would be so cool. And it actually happened. They wow. made ambassador. It was a big, huge deal. We raised like over $600,000 and now I'm on the committee. So I'm a part of these kids' lives that, you know, I was one of those kids. That's another success story that, you know, that I'm proud of. Yeah, that's amazing. That's stunning. And it definitely helped shape me because, you know, just being growing in and out of foster homes and children's homes and being mixed race and having to just, you know, survive, fight for my life. And then being somewhere where I felt protected finally, that allowed me, I got into sports and I dance. I got into dance. I fell in love with dance and I started doing talent shows and winning and, you know, just building my confidence up. Yeah. So, I mean, I owe a lot to Mary Grove and that allowed me to want something more out of life. I ended up shortly after that, yeah, Mary Grove was the, were the ones that actually took to, took me to my very first modeling opportunity. I was 13 and I was six feet tall and they encouraged me. And so, you know, Mary Grove and then Europe, they really helped me become who I am today. I did learn a lot from my parents. They did inspire me. I mean, my life, you know, I wouldn't change it because it's who I am made me who I am. We all have our, you know, trials and tribulations. I'm just glad I got through mine and I'm able to help others, inspire others, and give back. Yeah, exactly. You're doing amazing. That's amazing that you're an ambassador for the school. They they really helped me become who I am today, you know. The guidance I got at Mary Grove you know, it's really hard to explain what happens when you travel or when you live somewhere other than where you're from. You know all about it. Right. You know? right. It's hard to put in words what it does to you, but it 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 just gives you an, a whole other viewpoint or perception of of life, of who you are. I guess you kind of you're outside of that box that you were in. 
that's really why I am doing what I'm doing right now because of my travels. I don't think I'd be doing that without it. Thank you for sharing that part of you and the, you know, that the impact of, of your past and then the, and then how it, how it's come and then how it's moved to the contribution that you're making this huge contribution that you're making and then it's how it's shaped you like there are things in our life that we can maybe point to that really contribute so strongly to who we are today those two things the school that's kind of was say a savior for you if you like and then the the travel traveling around changing perspectives but there's also like there's a maturity that comes when we are standing outside of the spaces that we we grew up in that are so familiar to us there's as well as the the way our perspectives can change so dramatically when we stand in different cultures in those times where you have felt challenged or things haven't been perhaps going there hasn't been as much flow in what what do you do to get beyond that were you any times that you might feel stuck yeah I actually I actually went through that this winter you know and it's cold and you can't really get out and nature and walk and experience life in that way you have to really sort of try and pull from within and just keep pushing yourself and it just just gets hard sometimes this time I was really lucky to get out of this comfort zone and I went to New York Fern popped up wearing one of my pieces no she popped up wearing two of my pieces at the same time and I was like Wow. I went and showed my husband. I was like, look, he goes, go to New- you need to go to New York. You need to go. Just go. Right. Or go to Fashion Week. And I was like, but it's Monday. Fashion Week starts Thursday. He goes, I'll get you a ticket. You need to go. Doing something so spontaneous. I, I just really didn't even think about doing something like that. You know, it was him. Right. He's my biggest supporter. And that really helped me just getting out of the comfort zone and getting into another element where fashion is thriving, you know, that, that just got rid of all the, all the, you know, cobwebs that I was collecting over the winter. I think just getting out, even if you think, oh, I don't want to go to this event. I already know who I'm going to see. And, I, you know, you, have, you envision what you're going to experience. You don't know unless you actually experience it. You just don't know. And I would say just get out there and meet with people. And create opportunities. Find a way to create an event around what you're doing. You have to. (laughs) You know, it's like just do something that forces you to get moving. Yes, yes. So rather than, so whenever we feel stuck, just any any action that can... Yes, any any kind of action. If it's going somewhere, if it's if it's going, you know, out of, out of the city, if it's just for the weekend or just for the day, or a museum, or an event locally, supporting someone else, doing doing an event that you think is probably not my type of event. Something good always comes out of just getting out of my comfort zone, getting out there and networking with people. You have to network. You have to. You have to get your brand out there. Talk about what you're doing. Lift other people up. Support them. You know, support people in your community. And you create a, you know, a, a community that's thrives, that's thriving. We're, you know, all communities need the support. Yes. Our abilities get increased and 
enlivened is the word I think I'm looking for when we are surrounded by people who have energy, who are in action, who are in need, you know, as well, when we can, when we can have our focus off ourselves and on others as well is another way that we could get moving and, and get enlivened again. If you, if you had to identify some of your guiding principles for your life and your work, what would you say they are? I think integrity, you know, having integrity yourself and what you're doing, humility, being mm. humble, mm-hmm. being, being encouraging to others, giving back. Yeah, giving back is, is good. It's right. Good. I work with an organization called Foray through my church. It's uh, Friends of Refugees and Immigrants. And I volunteer my skill with some of the women from some of these that have been come from displaced camps and refugees. And it's really growing. It's, it's really great to be able to say, you know, okay, God has given me a talent, a skill set, you know, how do I give that back? just being able to be a part of that um, some of these women's lives where they come here and they have like, you know, three months to figure it out. They don't know the language. They don't have a skill set. And it's great to be a part of that. Yeah. I think there's not any many people like you out there. Is that the case? You know, I don't, I, I certainly, when I see, I go out to craft fairs and different unusual spaces that, have these you know independent designers there aren't many you know women of color who are who are doing it who are succeeding so what is it about you that has you succeed in this space one of those principles is definitely perseverance you know you have to persevere through you know through the ups and the downs and I've definitely done that dream big and be passionate about what you're doing and don't let anyone get in your way because mm. they will try and they will, but you just keep it moving. How has that shown up for you with people getting in your way? And what did you do? How did you handle that? Because that, I think, is, would be common for a number of people. Just don't feed into it. Certain places, like, like I said, I, I lived in Europe for a number of years and I came back home to St. Louis. And it was almost like I was an outcast coming back here when, you know, I didn't leave until I was 27. You know, we felt like we were running it back and back when we were younger. Right. You know, but I left long enough, six years to when I came back, there was a whole new, you know, new scene. So it was like being the new girl on the block again. Right. <laughs> and, you know, that can be hard sometimes because fashion, fashion is a beautiful thing. But, you know, it's competitive because of my travels. I know where I'm going. I know where I've been, you know, and that just keeps me going. When you face opposition or they don't want to know, like they just give you the cold shoulder because they know you have a good product. But for some reason, they don't care. You know, I don't know. It's just it's, and it's timing as well. You know, sometimes it's just not your time. That's why I say persevere, because when you believe in what you're what you're doing and, you know, have that integrity to where it's your product, it's not something that you saw somewhere else. Right. And it came from within you. And if, if it's, you know, if it's within you and you 
put it out there with that passion and, and the integrity and the perseverance and you know, set those goals and write it down, dream big. You see, you hear it all the time. It's so cliche, but really you have to believe in yourself, believe in what you're doing and be teachable and willing, willing to see your own faults and learn about how to grow your business, webinars, books, networking. With all those things in place throughout over the years as a creative, it will pay off. I know right. that. Right. Those are the things that just looking back, you know, you don't really know that you're going through it, but it pays off. It does. Just stick with what you, what you love and improve constantly be evolving and improve what on your on your craft skill set yes and travel is very important yes the perseverance I suppose is you're right with some people who over time maybe if it's not quote-unquote happening yet then they get self-doubt starts to creep in maybe and then they stop or if they don't feel like they're getting the support or encouragement from some people around them they get stopped or People tell them they should be doing it in a different way, you know, and so they're not staying true to their own art and it's not really fully coming from them. And so then it takes them off a path. So rather so you're saying stay true, stay on your path and keep and keep going and keep going. And then eventually perseverance is definitely at the top of the list. <laughs> have to, I mean, you have to go through those things and I, I people do sort of have overnight success stories but you can't um you can't expect that and you have to know that you have to go through those valleys you know to get to the the mountaintop right right yeah the overnight success stories are rare aren't they really i mean we hear them because they, they 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 go big but for the majority of people it's not that it is constant work over time and with with learning, as you say, with learning and development as you go, it's not it's very rarely that someone really hits it big and it's like they've come literally come from nowhere. Is there anything that you wish you knew before that you know now that if you knew it, it would have made a difference? If I would have known that I was going to be doing this, I would have started a lot sooner. Right. <laughs> Time management, putting things off. Not just doing those small steps, writing things down and setting goals. I would have done that way earlier. For some reason, I just lived in my head a little too long. And I think, like I said, timing. Sometimes it's just timing. You know, you can't really kick yourself because you didn't start 10 years ago like you wanted to. Sometimes it's just not the time. Mm -hmm. So it's really about being in the moment, appreciating that moment, learning from your past mistakes, you know, that just comes through, you know, from maturity. Yeah. If I could go back, I would have been a a lot more organized with my time and with my ideas, not just have them in my head. Cause it wasn't, like I said, until I started writing them down, that they started mattering a lot more than just an idea. Right. That's a great lesson for anyone who's listening to this and thinking, I've got all these ideas in my head, you know, like get on with it, you know, get them out of your head, write them down and start taking actions on them and you'll get to where you want to be. And that's about, I can hear sometimes it's our own confidence that can 
or lack of confidence in ourselves or belief in ourselves that can also stop us from doing that rather than thinking it was like pie in the, a bit pie in the sky sometimes our ideas can occur like it's too what am I doing there's no way I can do that and really really that you 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 can is there any other advice that you would give someone who wants to particularly if they want to do the work that you're doing they want to have their own jewelry and design business I would say if you are starting a creative venture get a journal and just start a daily journal about what you're going to do every day to make that dream come true. What is the action that's going to lead to where you want to be? Set those goals and travel. <laughs> I know I said that several times, but like I said, it's hard to explain what traveling does to the brain, but it definitely does something. And we're creative people already. We're just born with that. When you nurture that, nourish that through healthy living, knowing who you are, where we come from, the journal can help kind of bring all those things out. And then when you're traveling and then you're journaling with your traveling, there's just so much out there that you can be inspired by. Mm. Yeah. And the travel, you know, for some people that might think, well, I don't have money to travel. That you, that sometimes it's just kind of getting out of your immediate, wherever you're normal spaces are we could start by just getting out of your norm spaces you know so some people say if I don't have money it's like well if you never go if you've never gone to the state if you've never gone to certain areas in your city if you've never gone to certain museums if you've never gone to certain places that you just think I don't do that I don't go there just even starting with that as we break out of the our own patterns and then if you can afford to kind of go beyond, yeah, go beyond that. Go beyond the places where you feel comfortable and that you know and then expand out of there. Because I, I, I love travel and it has. It's been, it, has it has been instrumental in shaping who I am um, even before I moved to the States. You know, I've been to many parts of the world before I even started doing that for work because it was just a... I just had a thirst for experiencing different cultures and what it taught me about them and what it taught me about myself when I'm, when I'm there too. Yeah. I know the feeling London is an amazing city and it's so easy to travel so many places. I mean, it's like the world is your oyster. It's just very easy to navigate there. Um, and, being an American, you know, when I did live in London and I moved home, I thought, well, why haven't I ever gone here or there? I want to see, I want to see the States now in a different way that I never really thought about before. Having the, your ideas in the forefront of your mind and then doing something like going to a new place, or even if it's going hiking and you're going to camp and having those ideas fresh in your mind, you you connect things mm. and I think that's what traveling does it helps you connect the dots mm. so if you have a creative idea and you might not really know obviously you have to go through the creative phase that those little outings and journaling and traveling can help help connect those dots I've actually convinced people along my my way that to travel and they have and they're different they're different people now 
Because it's scary. You know, in America, I feel like to not focus on the white picket fence and the sports car or the cute car or the cute shoes or the, you know, the big TV, you know. But once you get past all that and you see more to life, those things, they don't really matter nearly as much. Right. But I've met even women that have been, that travel alone and the, the people you meet because you're so approachable, you know, you're just sitting there alone and, you know, it's, it's life changing. And there's something about, I remember when I, this was for work, I was working in Vietnam and, um, and I'm someone who's traveled, I've traveled a lot, but, but I, I had this moment when I'm, I'm in the hotel and I'm about to leave the hotel for the first time. And I have a moment where I think, actually, I have never, never been to Vietnam. I don't speak the language. It's a, it's really counter to the culture that I have been used to. You know, I've been to places like Spain and France and Morocco. And there was something about some of those spaces which felt a bit more familiar to me. And I had to really reach inside myself in that moment to look for who do I, how do I deal with myself and my own discomfort as I step out into that space, which is all new to me? And what do I, what, what do I need to rely on? And how do I, what strategy, what, what's the practical things that I need to do? I need to make sure that I've got the address for where I live and, you know, need to get some basic phrases down and stuff like that. But what else, what, what's the other parts of me that I need to galvanized in order for me to walk out and be okay in the space but I remember that moment because I by that point I'd been to many places but there was something about being in that space where it really had me pause and but it was inside of me that I looked for how do I how do I how do I prepare myself to go into that very unique new environment for me walking out there on my own and but once I was once I did that work with myself before I stepped out, then it was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, I was out there and I loved it. I just loved it, you know. And but once I did that work and I prepared myself and I was out there, I was like, oh, OK, I'm out. I'm having fun. I'm loving it. Right. Loving it's- the environment, loving the fabrics, loving the food, <laughs> loving the, you know, the, the, the just standing there watching. Mm-hmm. the days go by you know watching the time watching how people are moving in the space you know it was just so wonderful for me a leap of faith isn't it when you do something new and I think that builds courage and confidence you know the more you do it the more you sort of nurture that that spirit within you yes trust your yourself that's lovely so we are at um We've got, we're at time now. We've come to the end of the, the time, our time together. I've really appreciated so much of what you've shared and particularly your, the, the, you know, all of it, all of it, your, your, your voyage, the voyage that you've, you've undertaken and how that manifests in your beautiful work. If people want to find you, where would they find you online? Well, my website, B E L T. S-H-A-Z-Z-A-R Jules.com mm-hmm. And then Belshazzar Jules on, on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, Pinterest. Nice. So they can go there, go to 
BelltazarJewels.com and have a look at the beautiful pieces. They're in four different cities at the moment, but they can get you can get any of your work online too, and they can contact you online. And there are links within my website to my Instagram, which I use that a lot. And there's a link to my website on my Instagram, on my profile. And then, you know, Randolph Street Market, if you're in Chicago. Thank you so much for being on She's Got Drive. I, I will be heading down to the next Randolph Street Market. And we're, we're heading outside now. We're moving, into the, we're moving into the summer months. Hello. Yeah. So we'll be outside soon enough. And, um, and I look forward to seeing you there. Um, so thank you again for being on She's Got Drive. Thank you for having me. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life after listening to the interview with Teresa. I always love to hear from you about what you're taking on out of this episode I think one of the things that struck me in my interview there were a number of things that struck me but one of the things that I'm left with is the power of writing your vision your commitment to your future down I always write down what I'm committed to creating and causing I did that just last week I took that on in, in doing some creation future creation week work for myself in my business I advise that with my clients. It has worked over and over again. And Teresa sharing about the impact of her moving from having the ideas to writing it down on a piece of paper and how that can start to manifest what you want in your life. If you have been sitting in your life with ideas about where you want to be and what you want to do and what you want to have happen, and it's just been sitting in your head, take her advice, get a journal, get a piece of paper, get a book, get anything, start writing it down. Put it in your computer if you want to do that. Start writing it down. Turn it into words on bits of paper, on your computer. The power of doing that cannot be underestimated. So that's one of the things I'm, I invite you to do if you haven't done it. If you haven't done it for a long time, I invite you to do it freshly and newly. If you are skeptical about it, try it out, you know, and see, and see what can happen. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Bortolina. The music is by the awesome female band Blonde. Connect with me online on Instagram. I'm at Shirley McAlpine Consulting. You can go to She's Got Drive Facebook page. If you're enjoying She's Got Drive, it's so important to rate and review the show on iTunes. So I would love you forever if you're going to do that. And you can subscribe as well to She's Got Drive and that means that you'll automatically get the next episode immediately into your device as soon as we publish. Sign up on my website on shirleymcalpine.com to get your free tips on how to be a woman with drive. Thank you again. Until next time, go well and stay well.